everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John, and allow me to say love is in the air uh, because tomorrow's Valentine's Day, and we're here to talk about romance in Star Wars, the history of romance, and the future of romance in Star Wars. We will see, but that is our main discussion as we get into things today, as we start our 600s uh, after our 600th episode this past Thursday. Thank you to everybody who joined us. Thank you to everybody who listened to us. Uh, talk about the news, but also reflect on this podcast. And uh, I feel like we're 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 just getting started. And uh, with me, as always, is James and Lacey. So uh, before we get into any of that stuff, just want to say hi to the both of you. And uh, hello, did you come down from the high of celebrating with uh, our faithful uh, when it came to 600 episodes? <laughs> of course, 600 is <laughs> a lot. It was pretty. It is a lot. crazy. Yeah. I, I don't remember what when I joined. Uh, it was probably in the one hundreds. Yeah, like probably ninety something. No, I don't think it was that far. No, oh, really? Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's closer to like maybe just after a hundred or, or really close to it. Yeah. Someone's already writing in the comments exactly what episode it is. It's actually a uh, one. Yeah, I mean, I can look it up now. I have all the old notes and stuff. What if it was 100 and then it was Lacey's 500th episode? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's yeah. true. Um, I thought you were John. I thought you were going to be like, and here's Lacey and James, and I want to know how much do you love me? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I can't. I can't do that. I'm not going to bully you guys into loving me. Um, so listen, here's the deal. We're here to talk about romance in Star Wars, which is a pretty cool thing because it's always been a part of Star Wars. Um, And whether it's things you want to see, things that are happening, animated, live action, Han and Leia, probably front and center. I got the Empire poster back there with the fateful uh, Gone with the Wind kiss. Um, But we have a really good show today uh, because we're also doing Will the Force. uh, So excited about that. We have an awesome pod race coming up from Ryan Wara. Uh, but before we do that, um, just make sure if you haven't yet, we always say this, but uh, our YouTube channel, we are doing a lot of stuff on the channel. We have shorts that we're doing on there. Uh, we also have other stuff that we've been reacting to. We did the Willow reviews. We're doing some indie stuff. We'll be talking about indies and that comes out and other nerdy stuff that we like getting into. Uh, so in addition to our podcast, which you can get on all audio apps and of course our channel, you get all that other fun stuff too. So make sure you go to youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast and just subscribe and uh, share it with your fellow friends who like Star Wars and all the other geeky fun stuff that we like to talk about in the world of movies and TV and all that stuff. So um, in addition to that, uh, our friends at Gentle Giants, we paired with them and they were so generous to offer 20% off all in-stock items. All you have to do, if you like their stuff like this, Mando and Grogu, uh, just go to checkout with your item, pop in resist 20 as your code and you get 20% off. Uh, that also shout out to our friends at weirdbrothers.com. They just did another star Wars based commercial for their, for their coffees. Uh, I don't know that it was for ours, but it was something else. Like, uh, I forget what it was. It was, Dark I might've been, yeah, might've no, might've been like even Valentine's day based actually. Oh, okay. Um, but, but check them out and, uh, pick up a bag of the resistance brew. That's our coffee over there. You'd be helping us, them and, uh, veteran charities as well um and beyond that it's time to talk about star wars so james we have will of the force right is that what we're doing for real seriously what that's what we're doing i fear nothing for all this as the force wills it and the first question is going to come from one of our patrons this one actually is one of our generals general var is that how we pronounce it evar evar with Ivar, make sure make sure you uh, write correct us. Yeah, how's that? Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I would say Ivar, but Ivar. Yeah. All right, General Ivar. Um, they wanted to know: Will we see Boba Fett and Fennec Shand in season three of The Mandalorian? Pretty broad, but pretty exciting. Um, Lacey, I'm gonna have you kick this one off. Do you think there's any chance we're getting Boba Fett and Fennec Shand in that third season of The Mandalorian? First of all, welcome. We're excited to have you in the resistance. I know you're new. It's so exciting. Um, Second of all, thank you for your question. I think, yes, 100% we're going to see Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. As we know, Book of Boba Fett by Jon Favreau is calling it 
Mando season 2.5. So I think they're just going to bleed right back into the Mandalorian. And that's why it's gotten a little confusing for people because it did go from, you know, Mandalorian, Mandalorian, this thing with Boba Fett, but then Mando shows up and then it's back to Mandalorian. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. John, do you think the same? Um, yeah, I think so. I was having a tough time with this one. Um, but I think it would make sense. One, they, it looks like they are going back to Tatooine, of course. Um, so we have that <laughs> happening with the Pelimato. Again? So, <laughs> yeah. So, so we know. Yeah. What do people like worse right now? Tatooine or Palpatine in terms of coming back? I don't know. I would go back to Tatooine 66 times over having Palpatine be in something. Well, you know, Palpatine made his return in Bad Batch again. So there you have that. I know. Um, That kind of makes sense. That's like having Rogue One without Palpatine mentioned. It's like, of course. I love both of those. I love Palpatine. I love Tatooine. I love it all. But in terms of this, Boba Fett Fett going to... (laughs) You must choose. Uh, Well, that's Green Goblin, Spider-Man. Now choose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, me and my best friend say that all the time, so I just like slip it into conversation. (laughs) I do. I always do the Indiana Jones. You have chosen wisely, or or poorly, but um, I probably would go Mortal Kombat. Choose your fate. I forgot what the question was. Actually, (laughs) it's will Boba Fett and Finnick go up in Mando season three? Yeah, I like pretending. Just thinking about college, him taking like a pen and a soda and being like, "Now choose." (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Mm -hmm. go ahead. Mm -hmm. It's been a weird Mm -hmm. night. Um, with the whole Cobb Van thing and Boba Fett, like, doesn't really need to be there anymore. I think we may it it makes sense to have them in here to see where that character is going beyond Mm -hmm. the book of Boba Fett. Uh, Tamara Morrison is not shied away from saying he wants to go back to doing Boba Fett things that people are known for, which is sort of rogue and not locked down to one spot and doing things he's not used to doing. So I think we're going to see a reason they said that at the end of where he had that whole like monologue where he's like, I'm not meant to toss the fruit to the black (laughs) chrysanthemum. And he's like, I am, I'm all set. And then they show Bob Vanth in the, in the, in the back of the tank sort of taking over his spot. I, yeah, so I think we're going to see Boba Fett for, mainly for that reason, and it would make sense if Fennec Shand followed him as opposed to sticking around on mm-hmm. Tatooine. So I think they're like they're sort of like this package deal mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes. Yep. Uh, get excited, General Yavar, because we're all three going for yes in this one. Um, I'm assuming you're excited about that. <laughs> the question is like, oh, he's like, I'm he's like, out. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> no, I, I, I do. I think um, Book of Boba Fett season two might not happen. It didn't seem super promising. Uh, but then I think people are still down with the actors and the characters showing up. So it makes the most sense to just keep them within the Mandalorian world, um, especially even cast and crew too. like the people who were working on the show incorporated them into their show first. So everybody wants to work with those actors so i i think it is going to happen and i think uh that as john was saying that could be the return of boba fett in the sort of gray area type boba fett you know he did his thing and now he's back to what he wants to be and that can be opposite mando who's leading the white knight thing you know Mm -hmm. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. And the question is, will there be a Jabba's Palace set with Jabba at Star Wars Celebration for the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary? John, do you think there will be a Jabba's Palace set? I think there will be. Um, I think there's something so accessible about Jabba's Palace and people like sort of like want to be there because there's so many things to like check out that if they were going to do, because I remember for the Empire one that they didn't end up having, they were setting up all this Hoth stuff and the Hoth Echo base and stuff like that. But I think for Return of the Jedi, if you're going to do one, they can't do the Bright Tree Village. They can't get all these trees. I thought they were doing the Carbon Chamber stuff because they had a Han Solo and Carbonite. That's like the origination of the joke. Yeah, they had the the stuff from Hoth. And then I think they also did have something else. Oh. But I think for Jedi... The, the set either if you're not doing the Palpatine throne thing on the Death Star Jabba's palace like his his chair and all the stuff around him like makes the most sense and they had something sort of like that at Celebration Chicago but it wasn't like an official one if they went full bore with that thing 
people will line up and take photos and like have a lot of fun with that. So I, I hope so. So I'm going to say yes. And maybe I'm being too positive on today's episode, but there you have it. Lacey, what do you think? First of all, our buddies build that stage and they're mm-hmm. epic and awesome. Second of all, uh, I hope that they don't put it on the far end of the convention center. So you have to walk a long way to go see it because in previous years, like Chicago, it was in the center of the show floor, which was awesome because it's like you walked by it to get to other things and you didn't really miss it. And there were all these other kind of builds around it. And I remember there was also um, in 2015, it might just be the convention center in Anaheim. They had it in the middle with like different ships around as well. Like there was just so much stuff to see. Mm-hmm. Um this past year they did have a little bit of that but i felt like it was just like far far away like you had to like the galaxy far far away uh far oh, across before oh the convention center however that being said there was a jabba that was making his appearance around different like conventions kind of like the roxy the rancor that traveled around and mm-hmm. then i think they sold it off at one point to someone so the question is like who has it um mm-hmm. I would personally love to see Jabba's Palace. I think they're going to do the Ewok Village. And the reason because with Jabba's Palace, you have to have Jabba. Whereas with the Ewok Village, you don't necessarily have to have creatures involved. You could just have the set itself. Like if you think about the Mandalorian set that they built, which was like the whole cityscape, they had like... um, Kowakian lizard monkeys in a cage but you didn't see a bunch of things hanging out they just had a set so if you look at Jabba's palace and it's just the empty set without Jabba it would just look weird to me especially if you're celebrating Return of the Jedi so I think they would do the Ewok village and they could do a whole kind of like green lights make the whole room green and like kind of have like four sounds playing when they're not on stage and stuff like you could they could make it really mm-hmm. cool yeah, to be honest, I'm exactly with Lacey. I think that the the Ewoks one probably makes more sense logistically. Wow. Whereas, and you have um, Warwick Davis at the show. Yeah, um, the the Jabba thing could be a really cool photo op, which somebody will probably have. What also I was thinking too would be neat about this when when the question was posed, um, if they are embracing the VR thing as they have the last couple times, it could be a really cool. Um, station where you go in you put the VR on and you walk all around the palace and there's it maybe oh, it's empty cool. but maybe there's aliens and other things but you can kind of spend a few minutes to explore the palace in VR um, and that would be like mm-hmm. that installation because um, I'd be more excited about that than the than exploring the Ewok village and having Jabba be about indoor you speeder know. bikes VR I mean, but that's a game. Then you're well. That's the other thing. Game. You could have speeder bikes around. Like you could have the Death Star off in the distance, hanging from the ceiling. Like there's just more to the Ewok Village than there is. <laughs> you could build the antenna and then like have like the head of an at at like below it. And yeah, stuff. yeah, that would be sick. What if they just take notes? <laughs> what if they just like, yeah? Right now. They're, They're like, like yeah. already long planned. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> one of them. Up. <laughs> one of them's like good idea, and the other one's like horrible idea yeah uh well you know what they should do they should uproot the actual redwood trees from oh my god California, shut up ship them over and then just put them like a christmas tree just put them right there and then when you're done just throw them throw them away i think that's the them. dumbest thing you've ever said on this do you show. think i'm serious no but i still think <laughs> oh, just okay. you saying it is dumb. thank you <laughs> the nice. best thing i've ever said is we have another 601 baby up here 601 <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> um, another one of our questions uh, from a patron. This one's coming from General Count Pepto. Two questions from generals. That's awesome. Well, I didn't do that, you um, are. Luke. <laughs> Will we see Mando without his helmet uh, on in season three? And if so, will it be more than previous seasons? Lisa, you get to go first on this one. Is Din Djarin doing more face reveals this season than he ever has? I was so surprised when they should. First of all, great question, Count Pepto, mm-hmm. which is still hilarious that your name is Count Pepto. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking quickly in my head. I was like, okay, first season we saw his face once, and that was a surprise because all three of us thought he would never take his helmet off. Season two, he took his helmet off twice once to get into the base to scan his face, and then once at the end for Grogu. 
Will he do it again? I think that's an obvious yes. That because second they one show- was a long time to, or the first one. Uh, yes. Wait, sorry. The second the, one. The table of- with Bill Burr. Yeah, it was epic. <laughs> that that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a long. Um. Yeah. So I think yes, he will take it off in season three. The question is, is he going to do it more than twice? Um. I'm going to say no. Um. But I think the times we will see him with his helmet off, it's going to be with Grogu. I think he's going to be like casual in his ship without the helmet on. Um, yeah. That's what I think. All right. All right. John. This is a really tricky one, but I mean, the odds are more in favor of him taking his helmet off. Like, you don't hide Pedro's face for just a little bit versus not at all. So I say, yes, he will take his helmet off. I don't think it will be a lot because by all accounts, he was filming the last of us while they were filming the Mandalorian. (sighs) And did I take your point? A little bit, a slight. Oh, bit. sorry. Sorry. Well, I told you you got to start some of these on your. You go yeah. going first. You I know just bounce it back. But you know, um, so so I think <laughs> there was more than past seasons, even um, like even going back to like season one. Because I think season two he was on set more than he was season one. He so was. I think this is going back to more season one style. I don't think he was there a lot. So I think maybe there's like we they got him for an important scene or something like that. And he does it once to prove like, I don't believe in your leave your helmet on thing or whatever, you know, or something like that. But he'll take it off because uh, you just got to have those scenes sometimes. And all, every time he did it, it was a very important, emotional, impactful scene. And I think th- this season seems like it's going to be even more dramatic and bigger and, and, and the stakes are higher. So I think he definitely will. I just don't think as much as in like season two. My my sort of joke was that it was going to be between The Last of Us and the Mario Kart show, the great uh, remake Mario Kart. Yes, <laughs> he, that was he so funny. Too much going on. Um, going on. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think three is probably too many. Uh, Lacey brings up it's got to be more than two. And I think three is probably too many. Um, I would kind of be surprised since we're leading into this season that he wants to he wants to revamp himself with the armor and say, I want to get it back. I want to commit myself again to the helmet thing and all this. It, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be casually taking it off more and more and more. That's a good and point. I, the armor yeah, was like, think, yo, you took your helmet off. He's like, I, psych, I won't do it again. And then yeah, he's going to turn promise. around and do it three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I promise I won't. Uh, and then he just goes like immediately outside, like helmet off. <laughs> um, so I think uh, probably two or less in season three. Uh, last question though. Will the Mandalorian season three match or exceed the Rotten Tomato scores of seasons one and two? Now to keep you guys, there's, there he is. Take your helmet off then. I gotta um, say, Hasbro, real side note, that helmet is one of the best things they've ever made. It Easy. looks awesome. It looks it, like it could 100% be the real one. Yeah. Like prop in this I have video. It, right here. it is so um, good. It's dangerous. <laughs> um, <laughs> the question, uh, just to revamp you, is uh, will Mandalorian season three match or exceed the Rotten Tomato scores of Mando's seasons one and two? Mando season one having 93 critics and 92 audience Mandalorian season two having 93 critics and 91 audience pretty high scores. If you want me to start, I think that it, I think that it will actually, um, because what I know about, um, which will it, you didn't say, which Oh, will. it will exceed hmm. the scores of seasons one and two, both, um, You're both. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm. they're so close. <laughs> they're almost ex- identical. Mm. Um, I think that uh, the the hardest thing the Mandalorian had to do was deliver on season two. And when it did it, then that that was like people were bought in. You know, season one was good. But if season two sucks, I'm over the show. But when season two landed, you made your diehard fans and you made the people who were like, even if season three wasn't really that great, they're going to argue for it. And they're going to give it the, the scores, the high scores and stuff. I really do think that season three and it's from the same people. They're not handing it off. I, I think it's it's all part of the story. And um, even if you're looking at Rebels like as a as a counterpart for they did four seasons, like I think three seasons, season three was light, like probably the 
the weakest maybe, but I think that was the beginning of when people really started to like say this show is amazing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I'm passing it off to John on this one. What do you think? At first I was going to say no. Um, but I just have this feeling that, you know, and you know why I say that? By the way, audio people, he has a Mando helmet on. <laughs> yeah. So the, re- <laughs> the reason why I say that is because I feel like there's been this weird, and we've talked about this, post-Andor, like, slinging mud at Mando for some reason. and But I, I, I think that's going to dissipate. And for some reason, I just think this season is going to be it's going to solve the problems people had with the first two seasons of the Mandalorian, which is like, Oh, it, it didn't feel as grand or big or whatever. I just think it's going to hit everything that people love it. It's going to take it to a new level. And for the people who had some issues with it, they're going to be like, Oh, that's what I've been waiting for. So I think I'm with you, James, both scores will be a tick higher for season three of the Mandalorian. You too, Lacey? Oh, oh, God. I can't. He had to do it. How's that Hello Greedo guy? He must have fans in that freaking helmet that guy's always All wearing. All the 501st people have fans. Fans and microphones. Yeah. yeah. Helmets. Um, I think it will easily uh, exceed the Rotten Tomato scores of previous seasons. I think mm-hmm. they know the season's going to be bigger and better than ever. Season one was amazing but they were definitely doing it by a certain budget and unsure of how it was going to deliver season two they had the pressure of like okay we got to do this again season three i think their budget is probably bigger and better than ever and disney has allowed them to do whatever they want uh Mm -hmm. because they've proven themselves so i'm gonna say yes the story's just heating up we're getting to like a really cool place where we don't know where it's gonna go um and i think critics are really gonna love that and just by the the way we've seen trailers go so far, I think both those scores are going to go crazy. I think the audience score is going to be higher. All right. Yeah, all, all all, good in that regard. I don't think any of us said that it was going to be lower or go downhill. But to be fair, come on, guys. If that's a 90 critics and a 90 audience, it's still Awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a huge yeah. success. So. I agree with John, though. There seems to be this weird thing online where people are like, well, it's not as good as blank. And I'm like, you could just say it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, hmm. not going to be compared. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up Will the Force this week. And I'm going to send it back over to Lacey to take us into the next section. All right, guys. It's time for the Patreon pod race. All right. There are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, subscribe on YouTube, please, as we're building back our audience there. It's a brand new channel. I know a lot of people have been like, where'd you guys go? We're here. We're just in a different place, different location. Um, You can follow us on our, all our social channels at TRB Podcast. It's one name now, super convenient to find us or on any of the audio platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, we really appreciate all your reviews. Uh, it means a lot to us because it lets us know how we're doing as well as finding new people to grow the audience and just let people know that we're here and talk about the world. So that's great. But if you want more than that, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at just $5 a month. That's it. Five bucks. I know things are crazy, but it's less than eggs. So there's that. <laughs> $5 a month. You can uh, be a part Stop. of our <laughs> and uh talk about star wars with us and it's such a good group you also get live streams with us uh discord server access some mailings sometimes and much much more so this is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part um so we ask them a question and they give us their answer and we discuss before that i do want to thank those people so thank you to our generals Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Michael Mori, Matt Heath, Brennan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, Diana Yavar, we just heard from, and back again, <laughs> Micah Harrison. How's it going, Micah? Uh, thank you guys so much. And to our Spice thank Runners, you. David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. They need a so salute. This... We don't have a salute for them. You don't. 
I always think like, is it like a, a this or like I do a this Poe Poe when it's he like goes a hat like this, this or something <laughs> to your Zori. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, All for right. spike cutters? Yeah, like what do this? The, do this? The, what do they do? <laughs> That's pretty good. We're not doing that. Audio. Uh, hey uh, Ryan, you're up. Ryan YouTube. Wara. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, your question was: If you could have dinner with any deceased real life person affiliated with Star Wars, who would it be and why? What a great question, Ryan. Take it away. Hey base, uh, great question this week. Had to think about it for a while. Uh, I, I think the obvious answer for me would be Carrie Fisher. Um, she is widely regarded as as just a lovely person, brilliant, uh, hilarious, very witty, and I I love witty people. So I think that would be really exciting. Of course, she did a lot of work uh, behind the scenes with scripts on other films that are not Star Wars that are very popular. So it'd be really cool to listen to uh, what she has to say about that. Secondly, though, I think Irvin Kirshner would be a really interesting one to sit down with, um, given that he was taking over for George. Uh, after the biggest movie of all time had come out to direct the sequel, a lot of pressure there. Uh, of course, there's the big secret too. What was that like keeping uh, uh, that secret of uh, Vader being Luke's father? Spoiler alert um, from everybody uh, involved in the in the film. Um, I think that'd be a really interesting story to hear him talk uh, about firsthand. So, um, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me participate this week, and uh, we'll see you around. Awesome job, Brian. Your setup is pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could just take all of that and put it behind me, uh, I think I would have an even more legit setup, especially mm-hmm. all that Ray stuff back there. You got Ray from Rise of Skywalker. You got a lightsaber. Like I'll take those two. Uh, but John, what do you think? I think he has that looked like one of the adats from uh, Scarif and Rogue One. That mm-hmm. like the brown the brown door on it. Yeah, I didn't even know they made that. That's if you're an cool. audio person, definitely just go back. Go to the uh, YouTube just yeah. to see this. His background is pretty. Um, yeah, I think th- like this is the obvious choice being Carrie Fisher, no doubt, but nonetheless the best choice um, because you don't know what you're going to get in that dinner. Like whereas some other people, you're like, ah, I'm going to ask him about this, and I'm going to ask Al Guinness, like, oh, did you really not like Star Wars? And he'd be like, no, I did. I made a lot of money. But with like Carrie Fisher. You, you, she might just start a conversation about anything and it's going to be the most interesting thing you've ever heard in your life. And I always like wish I had a chance to hang out with Carrie Fisher and not be like, mm-hmm. oh, there's Carrie Fisher. Let me take a picture with her for $500. It's no, I would love to just like be like at her house and like having glasses of wine with her or something, just her and her element with her dog, Gary and stuff. And like, that would be such an amazing experience. That would probably be a life-changing thing because she's such a brilliant person and very like creative and funny. So I think you nailed it right in the head. And then of course, you know, you threw out the Irvin Kirshner one, like best Star Wars movie ever director. So, uh, and, and you, you make a good point. Like he followed, had to follow up George Lucas's massive success and no one, that wasn't a guarantee then the way we look back on it now. So uh, great job all around, Ryan, as always. Uh, I'm not sure if you're going to celebration or not. My bad for not knowing that. But whether you are or not, uh, I can't wait to hang in soon. Great job. And I'll see you in the chats and all the other stuff too, man. Appreciate it, man. James? Yeah, it's it's a solid answer. In fact, like, you know, I don't I don't I don't, I don't know what other ones I would go with. It's such a such a good answer. I think if given between the two, I mean Carrie is Carrie, right? But I was so caught off by the Kirshner answer that I was like, man that's a pretty good one <laughs> you know it's like uh it's one of those things where um you have uh empire strikes back in return of the jedi and the, uh, both movies often get pushed off as george lucas directed them kind of thing so it's even one of those situations where if you are gonna brag about it you'd be like oh because i know a lot about star wars because i i had with this person you know and it's like well he directed the best star wars movie empire <laughs> you, you can keep keep on with that but you would never win if somebody just said I had dinner with Carrie Fisher. <laughs> you would lose that argument because yeah. it's just the prime choice. Uh, so it's a it's a solid one. I like all your reasonings. Uh, again, everybody said your background's great. Um, and uh, everything you got going for you, Ryan. Thank you for being a patron. Ryan, this is personally my answer. Like John said, I think a lot of people's answer would be her, but she definitely would be my answer. Um She's someone that like I saw in passing and I was like close at events and stuff to her, but never actually got to have the conversation. Um, 
and I feel like she's definitely one of the like those big regrets that I have in life that you look back on and you're like, oh, I should have just said something. Um, so as a piece of advice to people listening, like just take the moment because you never know when you're not going to get it. Um, cause it was one of those things that I was like, oh, next time I'm going to get a picture with her. It was after like, like me with Bob Iger. Yeah. But that's a little mm-hmm. different. Cause Bob Iger is happily living in, and I know, but you know, I'll probably never see him again. That was two inches from Bob Iger's face. I know, but I, I think it. Carrie had more of an effect on my life than Bob Iger's had on yours personally. Maybe. Well, he, he has time to redeem himself. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So I can't stress enough how perfect she would be to have dinner with. You know, she's getting apps with you. Like, you know, she's not going to be like, oh, I'm just getting a salad. You're getting apps. You're getting salad. You're getting an entree and a dessert. She's the one that's like, order the drink. Let's go. Let's have some fun. Uh, it would be a great, great dinner that you'd walk away with. Like, and really Gary's probably at dinner. Things. Gary went everywhere with her, so I would say, yeah. yeah, probably he'd probably be sitting in a high chair next to you, like he has, yeah, he's plate. right at the table, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right I'd be okay with it. But Ryan, great answer. We love having you in the community and having you on the show. Uh, thanks so much. And now we're gonna go back to John. All right, it is time for this week's discussion. Obi One once thought as you do. All right, the history and future of romance in Star Wars. We're doing it, folks. Uh, happy early Valentine's Day to everyone. And if you hate Valentine's Day, I sincerely apologize. I hate Valentine's Day. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest Valentine's Day guy either, but, you know, I still believe in love. Um, so a scoundrel <laughs> and a princess. How corny. That... <laughs> you, you got it out for me, too. You call me dumb <laughs> and you call me corny. Somehow I'm the one who picks on people around you just here. Said, I believe in love. <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't love love? Oh my god! I can't believe you just said that. Can I do the intro? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got a scoundrel and a princess. That same scoundrel and his first love. A Twilight pilot and a human Jedi. The chosen one and a peaceful leader. An evil prince and a nobody from the desert. To some. Those are some examples of romance, or at least attempted romance, depending on who you ask, in Star Wars. With Valentine's Day tomorrow, what better time than now to discuss the history of romance in the franchise, how it's been executed, and what the future may hold for love in a galaxy far, far away. So uh, I, I just figured we could just have a chat about it. Uh, I know it's like a, it's been an integral part of Star Wars, obviously, uh, from the original trilogy with Han and Leia, um, which sort of started in initially as like this what was supposed to be a love triangle between han luke and leia and then uh, george lucas is like you know what they're siblings never mind um but han and leia out of the gate and i think a lot of people if you did a poll we may have already done a poll on patreon like 80 percent would say that's the best one so far in star wars but then you got you know all the other ones that i just listed without naming the characters but i want to talk about that stuff and what it means to those stories but also like where star wars could potentially go in the future because i know uh I think Lacey, you had brought up like you feel like it, it's lagging a bit. Uh, so that's something we can. Yeah, well, yeah, and it depends because I know there's some of the books that had it, like Lost Stars, and you have Hera and and uh, Kanan. And there's a there's there's stuff there, but I see what you're saying in terms of like that mm-hmm. big live action stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of the history, you know, Han and Leia out of the gate. Why don't we just start there? Um, the, it's is Star Wars like empty if that doesn't happen like let's picture the original trilogy with no romance and no like that sort of love i feel like it would feel almost vapid and, and quite empty if it was just they're just friends and they're and that there's sort of no thing. risk like, yeah there's no risk if han solo gets taken if they don't love each other like there's nothing that i mean it would matter to chewy obviously but there, there's no stake in the game if she doesn't admit that she loves him and they don't have some type of affection towards each other. And plus, and it's, it's the classic story of like yeah. enemies to lovers, the rich girl with the poor scoundrel kid, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it changed Han too for for the better because he was, you know, because of the Kira stuff, and we can get into that and, and everything that happened to Han early, before all this. Uh, right. he was he was a very selfish self-centered egotistical jaded person and you know Luke and then of course Leia and his feelings for Leia like really 
brought him back to who he was when we first met him in solo you know he, mm-hmm. he was more mm-hmm. believing in people and wanting to have that so i i think in in so many ways you know you're right the risk it, it, it's important to the storytelling especially in empire strikes back Lacey, i think it's an uh, excellent point uh and then also i just think it's it's important to han and, and leia of course but but han because leia seemed like with the most unwavering of the characters like she was like we she knew who she was from one and she was like the the rock whereas luke went through his journey of becoming a jedi and han had to go through this thing of realizing that he had, he cared about other people so yeah but at the I same time was- she's a character that was even more so where you would see a normal kind of male character in a movie like this where they don't want to express their feelings and they don't want to have any emotions oh yeah she was always that character um which is an interesting swap of what you normally see like you obviously usually see the woman that's like oh please love me i want to be the guy and then that it's the other way around Mm -hmm. so you see leia who you're saying is like you know very herself but at the same time she's not because she's starting to admit that she has feelings for someone that wouldn't even cross her radar and then now she's in a relationship and she's doing things that she would never do to risk missions and to risk Mm -hmm. bigger things for the the fight that she's on for this man they were both stubborn which was weird and that was almost like the the cool element of the pairing was that they neither one of them wanted to give an inch to admit it sort of Mm -hmm. especially in that that the early Hoth scenes when he was like challenging her by saying I'm leaving and he wanted to get her reaction. And then she chases after him. And he's like, got her. I got her. You know, and I, it still makes me mad that they cut the scene out where she's arguing with him and Harrison just picks her up and puts her down. <laughs> they, it's like a cut scene where they cut yeah. it out, but it's just so funny because she's so little. So it's like he picks her up, moves her, and then she's still just fighting him. Just <laughs> at him. I was going to say too, and it's also good to point out that a lot of this back and forth tension plays out in comics that they've released since Disney's purchase. Um, mm-hmm. As they did the mainline Star Wars for a long time, it followed um, Luke, Han, and Leia on a bunch of adventures. And during that time, there was a bunch of give and take between Han and Leia um, in in a lot of cases where Leia is saying like, oh, the rebellion kind of relies on this. But if I don't do it, you know, then Han will suffer for this reason. And I have to choose Han in this case because I think that's the better choice because we need him and all this stuff. But it, it, is that it plays on that same stuff that happened in like, I want you to stay because you're a natural leader, you know? And it's like, no, you want me to stay because you care about me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, they, they did a lot of that and they played in that within the comics. Um, but again, that's buried. I mean, most people aren't seeing that stuff in today's age, along with the books as well. And I'll, I'll catalog that all in one thing. And um, you know, I was kind of looking at this list. I'm like, I was trying to write down everything that's like live action and animated. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty one-sided that things are not uh, romantic uh, with original trilogy, prequel trilogy and rebels having clear romance in their shows Yeah, and sequel trilogy, Mandalorian, Rogue One, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, Boba Fett, Resistance, Clone Wars, and the Bad Batch all clearly not having it. And then somewhere in the middle, sort of solo and maybe potentially Andor, <laughs> the little bit of the big stuff. But it's like, <laughs> that's that's the best you well, got. <laughs> Bix and then uh, Mon Mothma's sister. What's her name? Oh, my God. I'm blanking right now. Vel. Vel. Yeah. Her relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. Remember. Yeah. Jane. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 But I t- completely but- agree. I mean, solo, even then, it's like this tragic love it's not a happy ending love oh and yeah brutal it, it i don't know i think my problem with star wars romance is like i'm all for like a tragic romance it's like one of those things that everybody kind of gets into from time mm-hmm. to time but it just seems like star wars romance is always tragic like it never ends in a good spot <laughs> so i'm always like can we just have like i don't know like a happy ending like an indiana jones type ending or i don't know james bond kind of i guess but where he kind of finds someone else or is like still happy at the end. James Bond is, yeah, I don't think he's the biggest romance guy, but I see what Yeah, but he saying. has romance in every movie. Yeah, I mean, if you don't look at like ones that follow the storyline, if you just look at every one of them, 
yeah. he ends up with the girl. They ride off into the sunset. Or whatever. And that's one of the reasons I think people really love Han, too, is like he is this like kind of scoundrel with swagger, but he did get the girl in the end. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do really love that there was romance involved in the original trilogy because it oh, makes yeah. it that much more relatable. It's not just about space anymore. It's about people and relationships and love. And at the end of the day, all of us as human beings want to find belonging. We want to be loved. We want to love other people. So I don't understand why this basic thing that all humans want and need is not included in most recent Star Wars, where I think, James, you made the argument recently that sometimes we misinterpret what it could be hopeful. I find that when someone loves someone, that is hopeful. That's despite all odds, you care for this person. And I feel like sometimes that's just missing from Star Wars. We get paternal love. We get family love. But mm-hmm. we're never getting romantic love. Yeah, and I think and that's why you see so many people shipping things because they never get anything. So they're like, I'm just going to make I, this up. Yeah, and that's fair, you know, because, um, you know, George Lucas tried to make this a very like traditional and classic fairy tale fantasy story, you know, even mm-hmm. though it takes place in space, you know, it's not a right. science fiction movie by any stretch. It's all the classic elements of a fantasy story are there and, and romance is always a big part of that, you know? Um, and I mean, then you have the, let, but then you have, forget the first story is go save the princess. And yeah, exactly. he like yeah. throws a rope up, picks her up and they, yeah. they jump across a gap. Yeah. Like, and, come and, on, and where's where that in Mando? <laughs> you know? Right. Whatever. Right. It was, uh, now that I think about it, it's like, I feel like Shrek like ripped off a new hope. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but and then you got you got the prequels like, you know, Darth Vader happens because of romantic love. He and but in a bad way, because he became so obsessed and and the fear of abandonment and losing that love that it drove him to being evil. And so it's like and that and you could i don't think it was executed well at all in the prequels in terms of the chemistry between the characters uh anakin and padme that could have been so much better it even just i think seemed he, very unbelievable that she was it, just it like, was wooden nah. it was wooden yeah, yeah. the dialogue was wooden it was t- like i'm picturing george lucas like a 55 year old nerd trying to write this like romance but i wanted it though like the no, idea yeah. of it is very it. epic and it, yeah and we need kind it. Of like <laughs> Yeah, he's like that. It like a scar that hasn't gone away. That's it. Nailed it. Yeah, and then she stabs the fruit floating through the air. All I ask, because I feel like people are gonna jump on us and say like, "No, it is romantic." All I'm gonna ask you is, I know that it's Star Wars, and I know it's you know fictional, and there's a little bit of like it's in a fictional world, Lacey. Like it's not real. I get that, but think about it for one second. If anyone you were dating married to in a relationship with said any of the things Anakin said to you like on a first date if someone said that to you you'd probably be like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna get the check like (laughs) some of the stuff he says is just real weird I mean you just made made fun of me for just saying I believe in love I'm just saying it was funny (laughs) because the way you said it because you said like oh blah 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 hey I believe in love (laughs) which is very funny to me so but but like and I don't want to harp too much on like we it's been ad nauseum talked about that, you know, that, the, you know, the dialogue was a little rough and the chemistry wasn't really there. And it should have been, I don't think that's it's been ultimate, fully explored now. That's the <laughs> that's the ultimate relationship that kicks off that whole saga. You know, all of that stuff. Um, I think they did the best they could. And I'll leave it at that. But I in think terms the of photo the, shoots they did were more romantic than the scenes we got. Like the epic photo shoots they did to promote the movie are the Vanity super- Fair are yes are super romantic oh you what's her name your... gabby uh, what's her name she always does the best photo shoots that's why mm-hmm. Leibowitz. i forget her, what her name is annie Leibowitz. annie Leibowitz. yeah i mean she'll she'll make but like they're make... in a flowery meadow and you're like i remember seeing them being like oh my gosh so romantic and then the yeah. scenes themselves you're like yeah hmm? <laughs> i i don't mind the scenes being yeah. themselves being not romantic because at the core of the story they are sure. romantic like the point is that the romance was there the characters went through this the story yes all yeah. the other things that we're talking about here don't even include that element at all i know yeah um, and i think that i think that star wars can be pl- plenty of things that isn't romance but it is one of those things like when you go back and look at it you're like um would you say that's romance is a big part of star wars you're like 
yeah, of course. Cause you think of like, you know, the sequel or the uh, prequels in the original trilogy. And then you're just like, but look at this slate. And you're like, Oh man, it's yeah. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Cause none yeah. of this stuff have it in it. Um, yeah. And, and par- like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say anything, but like maybe in some ways that's part of the reason that rebels did succeed as a show because people connected with those characters in that story. Um, even though, well, even though that yeah. is some tragedy still, but they were, they were like the parents of the ghost crew, mm-hmm. you know, Hera and, and Kanan and, and Ezra needed that because he wasn't with his family and that all makes sense. It all fits into that mold. So I, I, and I get that. And I think that was done really well too. Um, they weren't like I playing do... games with it, like Kanan no. was in a love yeah. triangle with these two people or anything. But like it was, that. Kind of, yeah, it I was think just people love at the it. core. Yeah. This is the story. This is what love is supposed to yeah. be. And even though it ended the way that it did, it still is like that was pure love. Yeah, and they had the sun just... together, which is cool. You know. Yeah, I just don't think there's. I feel like oftentimes people push it aside as like, oh well. We don't need it in the story for it to be a good story. Of course you don't. But it's one of those things that if you're in situations that our Star Wars characters are in where they're either isolated for a really long time or finding connection with other people or going into risky situations that you might die, you're telling me no one in those situations is ever going to be like, you know what? I'm going to admit that I might have feelings for this person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just a little crazy to me. So like a perfect example would probably be Pirates of the Caribbean is like a perfectly done romance to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's not an an amazingly happy ending. It ends in kind of a tragic way, but also happy ish. Uh, but like Elizabeth Swan and Will are like a perfect romance, and they have this epic sweeping romance, but with comedy, with an adventure, with villains, with all the stuff that like I think is perfectly done. And I just want to mm-hmm. see that done in Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I think Han and Leia have had that. So I, I'm I mean, saying in the new films, I'm yeah, not touching original trilogy today. Yeah, now. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, so then we, you know, we had the prequel trilogy where it's like the love made things worse for the two of them. Original trilogy, I think we're saying like it made both of them better. Yeah, and then now Did you move it. forward. Did it though? <laughs> Sorry, I'm making trilogy? a joke. The sequel trilogy ends up that they. Well, that's what I'm saying. Moving to that, so. Yes. Like original trilogy, we could talk about you know uh, Kylo Ren, Ray, that whole thing, the Raylo thing. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. Um, but <laughs> it's like they they danced around it too much, where it's like JJ didn't really set it up at all, and then Ryan they should have committed. Ryan then took it and ran with it, but then he had her like shut him off, and then JJ was like, I'm not sure what to do with this now, yeah. and he's like, I'll just have them kiss as a compromise, and th- they either go all in or do nothing. That's what the, you that's know, how and, and... I felt about it. Is I was like, don't have them kiss and then kill him immediately after. Maybe don't do that. Like maybe either have him go full bad or have him go full good and yeah. and have the romance happen. Like it was just it felt like a compromise. Like you just said, like it felt like they were trying, but they didn't want to give everybody everything they want. And the it same was... thing with the Finn and Rose thing. It's like that ends with a kiss, but the, and they had them spend the whole movie together. But that wasn't really but there. Then either. she was like. Uh, I'm getting a phone call, so I'm gonna. I'll catch you guys later. Yeah, and it was just and, very weird. And yeah, it just seemed like that chemistry wasn't there either, though. And it's just like they just. And I honestly think, even though it doesn't end well for them, the best since Han and Leia is Han and Kira. <laughs> Han is a he's yeah. a romantic guy. Because he's got a lot be- of love to the give, beginning. Apparently. Yeah, the beginning of that movie is like Titanic. They're these two kids who absolutely are head over heels in love with each other, crazy oh about each God. other. The scene where she's banging. Yes. Like, and he's like, oh, are we talking about Titanic again? Yeah. Oh my God, Titanic. Did you guys? <laughs> side note. Did you see? <laughs> what? Did I skip? Did you, I miss something? You said the scene where she's banging and going <laughs> like this. <laughs> oh, <Different> kind of. <laughs> audio listeners i was banging on the screen yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah. i mean that's it is that is accurate anyway yeah. so yeah. titanic i don't know if you guys saw this james cameron for the 25th anniversary which oh my god 25th anniversary uh did experiments to see if jack and rose could be on the door and he did four different experience uh, experiments with like stunt doubles and stuff and three out of the four he survived on that door 
So then it cuts to James Cameron and he's just like, I guess he could have survived, but I like to think that Jack would have sacrificed himself. And it's like, okay, but you just admitted he would have survived. Mm, anyway, I thought yeah. it was very funny. Well, the, the tragedy of that, that movie. Too, and showed that it couldn't be done. I don't know. The tragedy of that movie is that she goes on and lives this whole life, has a family, has a husband, and then when she dies, she thinks of that idiot she met on a boat for a week, not her husband. I know, <laughs> the husband of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like James Ca- and James Cameron, who's had 17 wives, it probably makes sense that he had that end that way. Uh, that, but anyway, we're not here to roast James Cameron. The fact we're here that to- she was living her whole life just to be like, I'm coming back, Jack. <laughs> I know, and, I and know. that's why, and that's why the Notebook is so great because oh of God, exactly how it ends. The Notebook, yeah, yeah. But Star James Wars loves huh? the Notebook. Fun fact: Star Wars has such little romance right now that we're talking about nope movies from twenty five years ago. <laughs> um, well, all right, the point so, I was making about pirates yeah, is that that's well, the exact type of romance I would like to see translated into Star Wars, and the only one that we've seen that's come close is Kira, which is crazy to me because she's a pirate. No, <laughs> you wouldn't have even known that that movie had romance because they didn't advertise it at all or talk about it at all or have anything to do with it to the point that James didn't think they were going to kiss and they kissed in the first two minutes. Yeah, I mean, that was a mistake. And I remember talking to uh, Clayton Sandell about that and when we were talking when it first came out and he's like, they should have pushed that in the marketing. And he's like, they were they felt like they were afraid to show Han and all that stuff is real. If you look at those yeah. trailers, like there was trepidation for some reason. The whole thing, well, we'll get into that. Uh, th- that we've I'm talked about it. the whole thing with the, the solo marketing was awful. But, it, but the, just the, more the ro- of that, more making out in coat closets. Yeah, that romance, more. Yeah, that romance was legit in that movie and the chemistry was on point. That kiss like, was legit. They were, all their kisses in that movie, the beginning, when they get reunited, when she just taps him on the shoulder and he turns around and all he can think of is to grab her and hold her as tight as he can when they're on the first mm-hmm. light, that is love. And mm-hmm. his whole purpose was, I'm going to get a ship and go back to Corellia. And people are like, you want to go back to Corellia? And he's like, yeah, for her and only her. And the worst place in his life, he wants to go back to it just for her. So if you if you, you look at Solo close enough, there's a lot of love in there. It doesn't end well because she turns on him. But it's all there, especially from his perspective. She turns on him to save him, but yes. I mean, she, she turns on him to turn on him, but she lets she makes an excuse so that he can get away and not get killed. That's how I see it. But yeah, yeah, she has um, her commitments. She can't get out of it. In other words, she didn't have a choice. Really? Yeah, I, I, I think she still loves Han at the end of the movie. She's not like sucker. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. She's, not, she's in no. the the window, just um, like. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you guys were talking about the chemistry it's uh it's almost a little bit surprising that you didn't see like a tmz article like oh they've started dating you know right they're good after actors. that movie oh the actors yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're good yeah that yeah, you're that, so I mean, right james because oftentimes if people are really good it ends up they start dating and then they something goes terribly wrong and you're like well they well, still I, have the they would have broken up by now but yeah for a yeah. little while after the movie i could see yeah yeah did did uh, Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen didn't date, right? None of that happened. No, I don't think Mm-mm. so. No, I know Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher had a little thing for a little bit while they were doing the movie. I think, but that was it. I think um, Carrie Fisher and everybody around her did in that movie. <laughs> I don't know. That was a joke. That. Yeah, that was a joke she made. No, yeah. but yeah, her and Harrison did have a thing. She admitted that in her book. Yeah, yeah. and Which, they stayed good wouldn't? friends. Though. They Ooh, stayed good friends, have. though, I believe. Uh, like, they, they were always, like... It was never one of those, like, things where there was a falling out. They always, like, were mm-hmm. still... Uh, you know why? He seems like a very genuine person. And, and every a, chill, interview, a chill dude. He's probably like, chill dude. He's, she's probably like, look, this isn't working. He's like, okay, cool. You want to go get pizza? Like, it, it doesn't <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. So, in terms of the future, you know, we're all, like buzzing and we talked about this on thursday about you know our movies like really going to be the push now for for star wars and you got to imagine that it's going to be a part of the future of star wars now how they do it if it's going to be traditionally or they're going to try to uh think of you know new ways to introduce it i'm not sure but i think we all would agree no matter what you're looking for for romance in star wars that it has to be a part of it 
um, because it does like that's the part of the sequel trilogy trilogy that just seems empty. How I said the original trilogy would feel if it wasn't there, um, and I love the sequel trilogy. You know, I know a lot of people uh, take jabs at it. I I really do enjoy it, and I think that is the uh, missing element to it. So I think they are cognizant of that, and we've talked about like what could they do to write learn from the mistakes they made with the sequel trilogy, which is write a cohesive story. And nothing needs cohesion more than a well thought out journey of love between two characters. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's something they're going to be cognizant of. And I, I think we are going to get that rectified in whatever happens in the future of Star Wars movies. But I think I, I, I just don't know if like they do one off movies, like they're going to be like, there's going to be a romance in that one. And that's it. And there's going to be a different romance in that one. And that's the end of that story. Or are they going to give us another like, series of movies like, where characters like, let's can say develop they move forward. yeah let's say they move forward with a ray centric story does does ray like break the jedi thing and and say i hope so man like romantic and... i think that's pretty much been said that like she's not going the jedi path but she's making it her own yeah, I, yeah. that's what i took away from the movies was that like she was like yes i'm following it but i'm also making it my own path yeah, and who knows if the Jedi, uh, ancient Jedi texts, uh, line up with what the Jedi Order was doing during the prequel times? Like we've seen, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know, churches change uh, the meaning of things, and you know, all that sort of stuff. Like, it, and like Lacey's saying, like there may not even be a code that she needs to live by, and I hope not because Jedi are freaking boring, man. They're boring. I love them. I think uh, you know they're the heroes of the galaxy. But they're like monks, and I think Ray needs. She deserves it, man. Come on, you and she's gonna be can't. Yeah, you can't look at the character Ray, where she was isolated pretty much her entire life, and think that she doesn't want to be loved and be a part of a relationship and eventually have a family. You can't look at that character, somebody, yeah. yeah, yeah, and say, oh, she know. doesn't want to be a mom at some point. <laughs> I like 100%. the Jedi the way they are. <laughs> I'm not mm. saying there's anything wrong with the Jedi. I'm saying Rey in particular, I can't see that character staying alone for the rest of her life like Luke. Yeah. I think Luke has shown her that's not the path she wants, whether it's yeah. a Jedi or on her own. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And no, we're not going to talk about Mara Jade. Thank you very much. I don't really have anything to say about Mara Jade. I know people really I don't really have like anything her. either. I just think it's funny that, that George Lucas... And I know uh, she's come up from time to time here and there and like people make mention of her... Um, and there's always rumors like she's going to show up. Like everybody thought Carrie Russell was going to be Mara Jade. Remember they I mean, were like I'm photoshopping her hair red. Of red hair. Yeah. 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 Um, I always think of Mara Jade as like this really weird relationship that Luke was in for a while. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like everybody around him's like, Oh, I'm so happy for you and Mara. But then like behind closed doors, he's like, she tried to kill him and like, it's like, I don't know why he likes her. Like if I were him, I would leave. She's crazy. <laughs> like, she was really uh, hot. That was really story, the thing. But, like, Isn't that what, that's why George like didn't like it. Like buxom and too sexy and stuff. And he was like really annoyed by that whole thing. I still think, well, I'm saying like, that's what sticks like. to his idea of what the Jedi are supposed to be, which is kind of how I see him. And I just, well, and, and are, are I'm part not, of that I, and they tried to change that. You know, if people are down with that, those legend stories, like love them, man. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just making poking fun because of like how George Lucas was so pa apparently passionate right. against it. Right. But um, so, what do you got? What do you guys think? Like, I know we keep talking Ray, 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 but you know, we're getting a lot of you know, there's shows coming out like The Acolyte. You know, there's shows, uh, you know, Skeleton Crew. I know it's about kids. I don't know, like Stranger Things. They have the kids like getting together and like the sweet little like elementary romance and like first love and stuff maybe but then you have um ahsoka they can expand upon things there with characters so there's there's stuff on the table now that we may get that but then there's also I think we like talked about sabine and ezra didn't we for ahsoka i think that makes the most sense that makes sense yeah. i think the way they That'd left rebels cool. i think the way they left rebels and him saying like you know, come and find me or you'll know what it means when you know, when you figure it out or whatever. And then he disappears and then they show her being like, I finally figured out after all these years, my mission is to go find this guy, you know? Yeah, and she's like, been thinking about him this whole time. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just so it's even if they if they don't set it up, it's just a complete missed opportunity because I don't think anybody right now is going 
God, I hope those two don't end up together. Right. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't really see what, what benefit. We're like, we'll take anything. Be. Please. What's, Dave how the story could be so much better that they don't end up together. Oh. It's like if they do good. Right. <laughs> That's right. fine. That's totally oh, fine. And let's not forget, you know, Lucasfilm is on it. You know, John Kasdan with Willow uh, between Kit and Jade, you know, that was, mm-hmm. fu- that was fully realized from scene one of, of that show. Um, so they're not, they it's not like hot scenes in there. I'll tell you, but that wasn't one of those like, will they, won't they? They were like, no, no, bang, right away. They like each other. We're Even from the first out. scene, you got yeah. a vibe. Like before no, they, they started, even they were, kissed him. Yeah. There was yeah. multiple too. There were, you know, with Borman and then there was, um, um, now, well, uh, Borman, I feel like just was, I don't want to say the word, but he liked everybody. <laughs> he did. <laughs> But uh yeah, but there's the other one too, Alora. I got and, around. I'll just Gr- say that. Graydon. Oh my god, oh. yes, I love oh, them. Yeah. That's a that's a that's the long-term love story, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so will so Lucasfilm's like they're not like there's not this secret thing where they're like, we hate love, you know? No. Uh obviously not. So I think the future movies we're gonna get a big dose of that. It's just a matter of maybe it'll just be new characters or something. Like Ray, yeah, sure. I want to see that too. I think <laughs> something just <laughs> Something just fell on my desk. Sorry. Uh, see, there's so much love. He's getting going so around. excited. I want to yeah. see that no, too. It, Crash. Yeah. No, I think my son like was jumping. I think you have a poltergeist. And... Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, someone doesn't like love in my basement. A ghost here somewhere. But anyway, you see what I'm saying? Like, I do want that for Ray, but also like if it's new characters and we get to start fresh, uh, that's cool too. So I think we are gonna get it. Um, so it's you know it's clear that you know the history is there for Star Wars in romance. But uh, with the open slate happening after episode nine, sky's the limit on what they can do. And we've seen what they've done with recent shows that aren't Star Wars with Willow. But let's bring some of that into Star Wars a bit more and see where we go. Right. Yeah. yeah. And side note, the, uh, a, a recent movie that's been compared to Star Wars, Top Gun Maverick. Good thing they left the romance out of that movie. Jeez. What is that joke? I was about? actually, I thought that you were going to say. Is it very clearly like yeah, you have a huge box office hit that everybody loves that has romance in it? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. 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 I was actually yeah. going to, I thought you were going to say, James, uh, to kind of finish up this conversation, but uh, that you were going to bring up Rebel Moon with uh, Zack Snyder because they're. We talked a going... lot about this. And I, how do you know so much about it? <laughs> because I'm paying I feel attention like to everything. Going like on. Two pictures and like one person like turning their head and you're like, it's going to be romantic. It's going to be, it looks so good. Okay. Uh, like, well, first of all, I know it's going like, to be romantic because this stuff? Netflix put out a save the date teaser reel and they yeah. put a bunch of clips in there. And in the clips were, was the main character girl kissing another guy. Like they have a Lit- kiss in the thing. Lacey's They're the Stefan of Rebel Moon for us. <laughs> Rebel, Rebel Moon, you're gonna love gonna it. Have everything. <laughs> it's got guns. It's got kissing. It's got a got desert. Aliens. He's wearing it's brown got clothes. Yeah. Who? He doesn't oh, always do man. one celebrity. Spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> well, All right. Yeah, so he's always like <laughs> Danny DeVito. Guns and shoes and DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> Whatever. Go. Like. There you go. Um, all right. Comes well, out, it sucks. I'm gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it might. It might. It we'll won't. See. It can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get a whole new fan base. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, thank you to everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. We really appreciate it. Whether you are new to the podcast or been with us for a long time, uh, 600 episodes is a huge deal. But uh, here's to the next 600 hopefully so we'll see where uh where we head but i hope you enjoy this conversation uh this episode um was a lot of fun and i'm sure there's gonna be more to talk about as more relationships are introduced to us in star wars so let us know what you think in the comments or hit us up on social media uh or wherever um and thank you um and again like like we've been saying make sure you're subscribed on all the platforms rate us if you can five stars we would appreciate that so much and uh, keep those subs going on the channel. If we can get to 2,000 subs before celebration, that'd be pretty cool on uh, YouTube. So let's try to do that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, we did an episode with a lot of romance uh, from the movie Roadhouse. Classic, 1989. Uh, all right. Uh, Lacey, how about you? 
People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. James? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. And also, I've not mentioned this, but you can find me on the channel every Wednesday doing Bad Batch Reaction Show. So if you're into that, That's come right. over and check after you watch the episodes because it's all spoiler. Go and yeah. check out uh, Bad Batch Reaction Show and see what I have to say. But make sure you comment and keep the conversation going. Yeah, I've been digging. I've been digging this season. Gotta say. Um, all right. We will see you Thursday. Uh, we are going live once again Thursday night. So we hope you have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. And happy Valentine's Day. Maybe. <laughs>